0: everyone, and welcome to this first episode of the new year of the Couples Develop podcast. My name is Bridget, and I'm a marriage and family therapy graduate student, and I am here with my boyfriend, Justin, who is a financial planner, and we're so excited you're joining us in the new year, so we can all talk about how we can continue to live and lead exceptional lives and relationships. So welcome to our old listeners, and welcome to any new ones who are joining us.
1: Happy new year, everyone. Happy 2021.
0: Happy New Year, everybody. It it seems like a weird, it seems surreal that it's a new year, I guess, just with all the the different things that 2020 threw at us, that 2021 continues to throw at us, and just the holidays and reflecting. It just, it seems interesting that we've turned the calendar.
1: You know, 2020 was a year of change and in, in evolution and behavioral switches for everyone, and uh, we don't know what is ahead of us this year in 2021, but I I wish everyone that, uh, it gets started off on the right foot and that, uh, hopefully we don't repeat what 2020 brings us from a, a world standpoint, but hopefully we can get better from a personal development standpoint.
0: Absolutely. That it, it makes me think of, I was just listening to a podcast that was just kind of talking about, um, what the, this, um, entrepreneur talked about as a calendar audit of just kind of like her process of going through her previous year and then looking forward into the new year and making plans and recognizing her mistakes, celebrating her um, victories, and then figuring out how to plan for the new year. And she said, she kept getting questions from her community about, you know, how do we plan for the new year? Should we plan for the new year? Should we wait until COVID's over? And she just said, no, you know, of course not. Because, you know, it's just because we're turning the calendar year, you know, COVID's still here. We're still dealing with this, a lot of the same issues um, that we were in the previous year, and they'll continue. But she also said that, that we can think of it, too, as an opportunity of kind of reflecting that now as we turn this year, we've kind of seen, of course not at all, because life will continue to surprise us, but she's like, we've seen what it's like to have – business and everything kind of stop in its tracks with the pandemic. We've seen what it's been like to transition to work from home and pivot your business, pivot your family, pivot your life, whatever that is. We've seen what it's like to go back to work, to have to, you know, quarantine when you've had different exposures or or you've been infected with COVID or things like that. So it was just interesting to kind of reflect on of, wow, you know, we certainly haven't seen it all, but we, we have seen a lot of different faces of the pandemic that I think can give us a little bit of hope as we plan the new year. So quick side comment.
1: Yes. And, you know, as I was journaling and reflecting about 2020, one of the unintentional things that was a result of what happened for Bridget and I was we really, in my opinion, uh, became better at cooking a lot more things uh, together. And in in 2021, my projection is that we will continue to do that. You know, I, uh, one of the, gifts Bridget got me was that she gave a a little bowl full of cooking ideas or dates we could do throughout uh, 2021. And I and I loved it so much. And so I thought that was a nice little unintended thing that 2020 resulted in us uh, growing closer together and expanding our skill sets cooking wise, as well as our um, uh, dates. So A little kudos there to my girlfriend for the amazing dates idea, future dates. Uh, But I think that's so easy to implement. And if, you know, most couples, it can be so hard. What do you want to do? What do you want to cook tonight or whatever? Problem Solve. Go to the bowl. Go go to the bowl. Pull out a card. And that's what you can cook tonight. And if you don't like it, well, then you can both veto it.
0: Yeah. I think it really, I mean, there's definitely, it makes me think of just um, the term, I think it's called decision fatigue. Mm. Have you heard of that? Is that what it's called? Yes. For the proper term? Because, I mean, and I'm so guilty of this, of like, Justin, like, I'll be, um, I'll come over and, and we'll think about, oh, yeah, let's cook something. What do you want to make? And uh, I don't know. What do you want to make? It's like that SpongeBob episode. Um, But well, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, decision fatigue, every single day I have five or six white shirts, business shirts, And I wear a shirt and tie every day. I wear white shirts because studying other successful entrepreneurs, uh, especially tech entrepreneurs, they all wear the same thing. Typically, it's a white T-shirt or some sort of uh, simple outfit. Steve Jobs wore jeans and a black turtleneck every single day. And the reason being was exactly Bridget's point, decision fatigue, that of all the decisions they're going to have to make that day as long as they know what they're going to wear that's one less decision they have to make For and sure. they get used to that and so um i didn't mean to go on a little bit of a side comment there but i that's that's one thing that i do that i was like yes de- decision fatigue fight against it wear the white shirt with a tie because guess what every white shirt and tie goes with any colored pants
0: absolutely and I, I mean, yes, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. That was a really good side comment. And just, uh, I had no idea I was so passionate what, about it, Yeah,
1: about why I do what yeah. I do.
0: Yeah. Well, cause then I think that, I mean, that's a really good example of being proactive with decision fatigue and I love that. And then I think too, just as we're talking about the, um, jar of recipes and data ideas, you know, it, it. It solves that to an extent of like, absolutely, you know, there's always room for spontaneity and, oh, let's do this. And we weren't planning it and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, sometimes, you know, to be honest, I mean, you're seeing each other, your significant other after a day of work, after a, a long week, maybe a Friday night. And it's um, sometimes, you know, you, you can spend so much time thinking, I don't know, what do you want to do? What do you want to cook? And just going through things where I liked this idea of just kind of ha- pre-making different slips of paper, putting them in a jar and, okay, let's pick one. And the choice for New Year's Eve was homemade mac and cheese and appetizers. So it was a very nice comfort food vibe.
1: It was more so Bridget's meal. I buttered the pan, so I did. I did Grace my the job. Pan, yes. I did my job.
0: He yes, he did a great job and helped with all the appetizers. I
1: was the hands. guy on New Year's Eve that. We all had the person when you're in school where you did none of the work, but the group still gets an A. <laughs> that
0: was you. That
1: was me, New Year's Eve.
0: But I feel like I just, you know, we just got talking and I just, you know, the, I just kind of kept following the recipe and just doing it myself. And it was only one pan.
1: I was the morale guy. I was trying to yeah. make Bridget laugh and, and tell stories. And, and he
0: did. Yes. You poured me a glass of wine.
1: I did. And I poured me two.
0: There you go. You had great job. Just great job. Um but yeah, I hope that you all had a very happy um and safe New Year's celebration as well.
1: Yeah, and you know with how difficult 2020 was for many people, I think there's always room, you know, to still just be thankful that it was tough, but you know, part of life is, you know, being able to persevere during the difficult moments that, you know, we're probably closer to seeing the light than closer to light than darkness at this point and uh, even though it was unfortunate it gave us a fighting chance if we're able to get through that year to hopefully better days ahead and just a simple example I have for what stood out to me during the Christmas season uh, for being thankful was my my nephew he got a couple presents from his grandma and grandpa and he didn't seem too thankful for them uh, he just kept going from one present to the other. And I thought, you know, my nephew's six. And if I was six, again, I probably would behave the, the same exact way. But I thought it was applicable to, you know, at any point of our life, it's so easy to get so caught up in everything that we're doing that the simple blessings we get every day that we're, can be like my six-year-old nephew where he uh. He didn't like one present because the wrapping wasn't as good as another one. Or there's so many things we could be nitpicky about that are just foolish. That there's, even in the midst of darkness, there's always things to to be thankful for. And um, my my nephew provided me a lesson that I didn't think that he could teach me. So for sure,
0: for sure. And I mean, I think it's just, and it's interesting how we, you know, we have those little reminders to kind of remind us of those important life lessons on they from people or from things or from circumstances that maybe we wouldn't be expecting a lesson from. Um, but I think especially in the middle of a pandemic and in the middle of all that we have continue, have continued to endure collectively, as well as our own individual struggles and challenges that are maybe attributed to the pandemic in some way, but maybe just also personal struggles that we're dealing with alongside all that. I think that that focus on being grateful and any way that you can do that any way that you can have a gratitude practice is is always beneficial and I think this is definitely a time where maybe that seems like the last thing a lot of people want to do um but I think there's value
1: well said so
0: that's my comment on that um as far as other things that we have been going, that we've gone through in these past couple of weeks, as far as different date ideas and things that Justin and I have been doing together, um, I want to talk a little bit about family rituals and how it has been so fun for us both to um, continue to grow stronger in our own relationship and to continue to spend time together, as well as with our own families and the things we've learned from that. Um, so one, so. Justin's family, um, I have hung out with them a variety of times and it's just been really fun for me to get to know them all individually and just be around Justin with his family um, and just get to have good quality time together. And then uh, more recently, Justin uh, came over to my parents' house to have dinner um, and it was just all of us together and we ended up having a game night with a family favorite game called Scattergories. If you've never played it, stop what you're doing. We'll finish this podcast, but then please play that game with a loved one or loved ones. It is so fun. Um, but I was just really struck by the simplicity of just, I mean, not necessarily in, in COVID times at times, but just. The simplicity of just saying, "Hey, you know, let let's get together. Let let's have a meal. Let's play a game. Let's watch a movie. Let's watch a game, whatever it might be," um, and really just having that good quality time with each other, as well as each other's families, and how that can deepen our own relationship, and just as we get to see them with their own personal families, and just have goofy, fun times together. Yeah,
1: it, it was especially being around Bridget's family. I my family is close, but we mainly get together to watch the Packer games for diehard Packer fans. And we have half my family in the uh, living room watching the game, maybe half in the kitchen doing miscellaneous things. And it was just very nice with Bridget's family of all of us were sitting around one table. Generally, phones weren't out unless we were maybe referencing a funny TikTok video. And, you know, that that's just sitting around the family table is something that can be so underappreciated of just having everyone together.
0: I completely agree. Just the simplicity. And present. And present. And the presence of it. For sure. Mm -hmm. Good quality time.
1: Well, all right. I think we have a, a listener question. We got Rachel.
0: All righty. So, yeah, we will go ahead and read what Rachel emailed us the other day. Rachel shared that she wants to go sledding this weekend. However, her fiance, Brad, says that there are six, count them, six NFL playoff games this weekend that he would like to watch with his, quote, bros. And Rachel says she's struggling because she wants to get him to go sledding with her. Um, She shares that she wants both her and Brad to have a good weekend um, and to enjoy their time, but she's struggling since they both want to spend time with each other but want to do two such different things.
1: Mm, what, what do a,
0: you think of?
1: What do I think of? Well, being someone who's a diehard football fan, I would have said uh, to Brad that, well, you should root for the Packers because we got the number one seed, so we don't even have to play mm-hmm. during wild card weekend. But that we don't know what we're going to do two weeks from now. But that's not the point of the question. Um I I resonate with this question because when I saw there was going to be six NFL games, I said to Bridget, oh no, what are we going to do this weekend? I want to watch the games too. <laughs> that She laughed, but the biggest thing I wanted to communicate to her was that if there was something special that she wanted to do, that she would take precedence as, and I wanted to communicate that hopefully on some level we could compromise that at least, uh, maybe the later games I would be able to watch or or something like that, that, um, three football games per day, that's nine hours. Wow. I mean, that's the equivalent of sleeping for a full day. Uh, that's a lot. So if your girlfriend that you really like her or your fiance, I'm sorry, fiance, Rachel, I didn't mean to uh, slide swipe you there. Fiance, uh, really likes you, which I hope he does, then he should, especially sledding's fun. Well, we have, speaking of sledding, we will go into our own separate sledding story shortly here, but that seems like a fun activity as well as there was snow lately. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I rambled a bit there. Football is important and the fiance is important. Got to make sure as a, as a fiance, he needs to learn how to prioritize both to keep both happy.
0: Both football and
1: his fiance. Well, fiance first, yeah, football yeah. second.
0: No, I I do get what you're saying, and I think it's. I mean, I liked how you shared that because I mean, it's such a diff. I think it's such a difficult balance and something that couples, you know, never do perfectly, and just it depends on a variety of factors, communication, you know, what the situation is. Um, and sometimes we're going to choose wrong, and sometimes we're going to choose right, and sometimes we're going to end up, oftentimes we're probably going to end up somewhere in the middle of where we satisfied our own desires to do what we wanted to do, which, you know, is important in one sense, but then also was able to say, oh, but th- this person, my girlfriend, boyfriend, fiance, or significant other, whoever it might be, um, is important to me, and so therefore I'm going to show that by
1: compromising well yeah and and in the question she said he wants to watch the game with the bros i think a fair compromise would be why don't you watch the games with me that sure. you don't have to watch them with your friends you can watch them with uh sure. i would say yes
0: sure
1: sure that would be fantastic sure. and then you could make fun dates or cook something while watching the football games or, or something all mm. oh, the endless dates are possible while watching football
0: oh my goodness yes <laughs> You can learn so much, by the way, Rachel, when you ask your boyfriend or your fiancé questions during the football game.
1: Just don't ask too many questions.
0: Yeah. No, that's a compromise. Ask as many questions as you want to. If you guys are watching it together, the game's on. You can talk as much as you want.
1: Okay, Bridget, you need to, since Rachel wants to go sledding, you need to warn our audience about our sledding story.
0: So, yes. Yeah, so with sledding, I will share that it is a fun activity. However, it... um could take some twists and turns you maybe not expecting. So Justin and I wanted to go sledding also the other day. Um, it was a random, I think like a Tuesday night. And so um, I thought that I brought over some sleds, uh, just some cheap plastic, you know, paper thin sleds as we would later find out. Um, over to his place, and uh, I just thought we were going to go sledding somewhere, you know, near his place, and, and then Justin's like, okay, let's, let's look into some sledding hills, and I'm like, oh, they advertise sledding hills, I had no idea, so we're looking them up, we're seeing some that are, you know, a bit a little bit of a drive away, 30, 45 minutes, from okay, it's already like 7, 7.30, you know, we don't want to drive too far, so let's go to this sledding hill um, nearish by, about 10, 15 minute drive, so we're, okay, so we're getting there, driving, get to this, um, this community park, I would call it. Um, we see some lights in the distance. We take our sleds up the icy hill and, and we walk and lo and behold, we, we come to a lit sledding hill. Um, and that you know, had lights and you know, clearly had sled marks, um, nice big hill. Yes, was clearly the hill. It was to ourselves. Was, yeah, totally to so ourselves. No one was there. Um so we uh it was a pretty big hill. <laughs> so we uh decided to go down. Decided to go down together on one sled. Um, so the, the thing here is that uh, we had just gotten some snow. We had also, um, that snow, that, sli- that sledding hill had also been slid on very many times. You could see by the sled marks. And the snow had then turned to ice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At least pretty significant. Uh, so it was pretty much a hill of ice. But
1: we Not didn't realize light, that. We
0: didn't realize that. Not light, fluffy snow. So we, um, we both got on the sled. We sled down. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> We hit a high speed probably.
1: We were going so fast and since it was ice, our sled was like bouncing practically and we could feel every bump that we were going over. And then we saw basically uh, a big iceberg, if you will, that <laughs> we were going too fast and um, couldn't maneuver out of the way and our sled just hits it head on and then... Launches, Bridget and I going flying through the air, and we both land. Bridget bruised everywhere, myself dazed, <laughs> but we didn't have to go to the emergency room. Yeah, we good. weren't hurt. Um, so the takeaway was, while it was fun, it was our very first run of the day, and I found out later from my coworkers. I'm, I'm even though I've lived in my city for four years, I've never been to that park, and I never knew about that hill. And I mentioned it to them who have been living in my city for years, for their entire lives. And I said, oh, yeah, you went down Suicide Hill. And it clicked. That's a fair name for it, given how steep it is and how if there's ice. So long story short, we went on a little bunny hill after that. We went to a different church parking lot and found a little hill for uh, less aggressive people who want less exhilaration going down a hill. But sledding is fun just be careful careful. and stay safe.
0: And I will mention that uh, after that first incident, uh, Justin and I both decided that, you know, maybe if we went more like part halfway down the hill and like on separate sleds, things would be better. So Justin, like the, um, the man he is, decided to go first and the outcome was about the same. And so he advised, he was brave and then was like, I wouldn't recommend going down again unless you really want to. So then due to his um, valiant effort, we then decided to go to the bunny hill.
1: But we're left with a lifetime of evidence. Yes, 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 it was good. And no I, injuries.
0: Yeah, no, no um, sustaining injuries, which it was helpful. So sledding good, ice not so good.
1: Yeah, don't go down the hill if you see ice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But I think just going back to the listener question, um, as we kind of went on that quick side tangent, but – I think compromise is key here. And then just acknowledging um, that, you know, healthy communication is always the best route. Um, Of Rachel, you being able to just say, hey, I want to go sledding. This is really important to me. Um, Maybe sledding is the activity that's really important, and if that's the case, to voice that. But maybe just spending time together, like Justin was mentioning, is what is important. So maybe there can be a compromise there of, oh, maybe we can go sledding another time, but I would really like to hang out with you this weekend. Okay, you want to watch the games, can we watch a few games together, and and you record the rest, or can we, um, or you can 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 you get updates on your phone while we're doing something else together? Just what whatever it is doesn't matter, just as long as you are both communicating and um, compromising, and then just learning from the situation, and acknowledging like, okay, maybe this goes really well for you, and you both are really satisfied with the compromise. Maybe you realize later you know what, I actually wish we would have done this, or I think it was more one-sided to just use that not as a bad thing, but just as feedback for next time.
1: Well said, Bridget. That's what I'll say for that.
0: All right. Recommendations?
1: Yes. I was gifted the book Shoe Dog by the creator and founder of Nike, uh, his memoir or autobiography and how he started it. And I was blown away by what I read. I read it in a couple days and – um. All I would say is if you like Nike and and you like to read, it's a I would it's a 10 out of 10 read probably because if you don't know much about the origins of it, it it blew me away. First as an athlete like myself to have always worn Nike products and used them, uh, it was the exact opposite story of what I could have ever imagined about how the swoosh was created about Nike wasn't even original the original company of what it was called. Um, So many things that I learned and just you could learn from a successful entrepreneur like Phil Knight that I think it's a 10 out of 10 read for uh, if you're like those types of things.
0: Very good. Absolutely. Um, And I also heard the insights from Justin on the books why I would also I haven't read it, but I'd recommend it just because the story was so interesting. Were you going to say smiles? Nope. But then, I, just as a comment to that, my recommendation for the week is to think of, if you're not typically a nonfiction or excuse me, a fiction reader, um, like I am typically not. Typically, I read nonfiction. I read a lot of, um, books on personal development, on different, from different therapists, on different therapy techniques for work. Um, so that's a lot of what I read, so I don't read a lot of non a, a lot of fiction, excuse me. Um, for some reason, I just got the idea that fiction could be a nice break amidst reading all of the other good nonfiction stuff. So um, I love audiobooks, as I've talked about before, so I found that a popular title that probably many of you have heard of, Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. Um, it's now uh, a TV series on Hulu, which I have not seen but I've just heard it's very good Um, but I just started reading that book and I just am kind of blown away by how um, nice of a break it is especially with the audiobook version I feel like I'm listening to it when I'm driving when I'm walking um, and it's just like a a page turner but like in my mind of listening to it of like oh my goodness what happens next what happens next and I think that there are I think one of the things that has kept me away from fiction sometimes is thinking like, oh, I I want tangibles, I want skills, I want actionables, I want things that I can implement and think about and reflect on in my life right now. So I think that's why I'm always drawn to how can I be better as a therapist? How can I be better as a person with personal development? And I think I overlooked the value that fiction can have of just, first of all, a joy to read and to listen to, but then also just, you know, fiction books typically do have a lot of themes and meanings and and just thought-provoking insights and reflections that I had previously overlooked. So I'm currently making my way through Little Fires Everywhere, and I will definitely be looking into some more titles soon. So I will put both Shoe Dog as well as Little Fires Everywhere in the show notes so you guys can look them up as you wish.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, Bridget. Absolutely.
0: Thank you for sharing your insights and thoughts with us. That's all we have for today.
1: Let's make 2021 a a rocking year for us.
0: Let's do it. We appreciate you guys joining us for another episode, another year, and we truly wish you all the best in the new year. If you ever want to reach Justin and I, you can reach us at couplesdevelop at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear any thoughts, insights, uh, listener questions, or comments that you have. So that is couplesdevelop at gmail.com and we will see you next time
1: and go Packers go
0: oh yes good go Packers go